Peter Thomas Fornatal here. We at In The Money Media are so happy to be partnering with Maggie Wolfendale on this new podcast series. On these shows, Maggie is telling the story of the horses through the voices of the people who love them and whose lives have been changed by them. Best of all, they're being produced to benefit our friends at the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation, whose mission of saving lives, both human and equine, is so important to Maggie and so important to us at the network. To make a gift to support this show and the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation, go to trfinc.org slash offtrack. That's trfinc.org slash offtrack. The next voice you hear will be Maggie Wolfendale. February 27, 2010, in Maryland, by Great Notion, out of Mark Me Special, by Haymaker. 40 starts, 8 wins, 2 seconds, 7 thirds. Earnings, $456,556. Winner of the Maryland Million Turf and the Henry S. Clark Stakes. Jockey Club name, Talk Show Man. This is his story off track, told by his owner, Mindy Gutman. Pleased to be joined by my next guest, Lindy Gutman, and she is the mom of a horse that I just got off of, who is a superstar talk show man, a.k.a. Riley and Lindy. What a job you've done with this horse. He is such a superstar as he was on the track and now off the track. Thank you. Now, talk about when you got him. Obviously, Dr. Harrison is was his owner. Uh, he was trained by Hammy Smith. How did it all come to fruition that talk show man, a.k.a. Riley, uh, ended up in your hands? Well, uh, Dr. Harrison's been my vet for a long time, and I was using the same farrier at that time. So I mentioned to Steve, I just said, hey, what's Mike doing with Talk Show Man? And he said, well, he's retired. He has a little bow, but he hasn't announced it yet. So the next time Mike came to do shots, I said, so I hear Talk Show Man has been retired. And he said, yeah. And I said, well, what are you going to do with him? And he said... He's turned out with the yearlings. He's going to be a babysitter. He had a little bow, and I don't know. Um, he's not going to go back to the track. I was hoping to get him back for one more Maryland Million, but he's not going to make it. And um, I said, well, I think you should let me take him to the makeover. He said, well, I don't know anything about it. And I bred him with my late wife, and he's the best horse I've ever had. And, and I said, well, Dr. Harrison, I said, you're the president of the Maryland Horse Breeders Association. <laughs> don't you think you should have a representative at the Thoroughbred Makeover? And that was the end of it because I don't like to push. We have a, you know, we have a that client relationship. And um, about two and a half months later, I get a text out of nowhere that says, "Give me a call. Let's talk about your plans for Talk Show Man. His leg looks great." And so, I went and met with him that night. I didn't want to change his mind. 
Now, what was he like when you first took him off? Because you went to the makeover last year. Now, was he supposed to be a 2020? He was a 2020 horse, right. yeah. Okay, so uh, talk about that development and taking him off the track. Because as you and I have discussed, a lot of people, they just went to slow horses. That didn't really make race horses. But he's a stakes winner, a Maryland bred stakes winner. And so obviously he had quite a record on the racetrack. So... What was he like in the transition to the show horse world? He actually, he is so smart. And he was my first restart. And I had warned Dr. Harrison about that after he said yes. I'm like, you know, you could get a better trainer. You're not going to get one that tries harder. But you might find somebody that actually has more experience and more skills. And he said, but I trust you. So I thought, okay, well, then I'm going to make him proud of both of us. And um, he was he moved along at a, at a very reasonable pace from a retraining standpoint, in my opinion. I did have uh, Jasna Pravnik come sit on him very first uh, when I brought him home and we were ready to get on him the first time. We had to wait till the 1st of December, and he wasn't allowed to do much till January because he had that bow. Um, but I did have Jazz come over, and I just said, you sit on him and you tell me when he's ready for me. I, I, just in case he lights up, I don't want to be the first one. And she came over, and she sat on him for about 10 or 11 minutes, and she got off and she said, he's all yours. And that was it. And I've really done virtually all of it on my own. I have a Katie Fitzpatrick who I use as my trainer. She gets on him maybe for 15 minutes, two to three times a month when I come for a lesson. And then I take my lesson afterwards. But other than that, I've retrained him entirely. And, um, you know, my experience, in my experience, you'd think they were all like that. But I know that that's not true. No, it's not. But... You've said to me that having one that is so smart and has that try, I think, is essential. Yeah, he has a lot of try. And I really think that that's what makes him good at everything I've tried to do with him. He, he's one of those horses that sees the trailer and thinks to himself, oh, what are we doing today? Um, he, I don't think he ever thinks he's going back to the track for mm -hmm. one second. He really seems to know. And, I mean, I've taken him. I pen cows with him in an English saddle. We fox hunt. Um, today he really did his first tough rollback. I was even surprised it was about two strides out when she got that jump beautifully. Yeah. And um, he does the hunters. He's quiet to flat. Um, I took a dressage lesson and the trainer loved him. It just, it doesn't seem like there's anything that he doesn't want to try. And he's also super nice to people that don't have that much skill. He's not really trying to trick you ever he just he's honest and he's hardworking, and I think that that would potentially make up for any if there was any skill gap he would make up for it with his desire to try new things and be a good boy and and he's cute too which doesn't hurt he's very very cute and very sweet and just has that get up and go personality like I can do it um and you just you just sit back there and have fun I feel like is what he says to you every time you're on his back um talk about the makeover experience how, oh my how, what was that like that was the best thing I ever did and um I never really thought that I would be able to take a horse to the makeover and then we bought one that had been makeover trained and he got me to realize that I could ride off the track thoroughbreds and I had been to every makeover. And so I knew that I wanted to be a part of the community. Initially, it didn't occur to me that I might be a makeover trainer. And then uh, a friend of mine took a horse there and she was an amateur as well. And she kind of inspired me. I thought, 
well, she can do this, then I can do this. But I thought it would be another few years. And then, and then talk show man came up. So it's, it's really something, I'll get emotional talking about it. It's really something to, that I don't think people understand is the off the track thoroughbred community. It's not like, oh, I ride this discipline or that discipline. You get on, you get on these pages and you find that everybody wants you to succeed and you go to the horse show and everybody wants everybody to do well. I mean, everybody wants to win, but everybody wants everybody to ride their best. And I had some wild experiences at the makeover. Talk show man's behavior was not perfect. And um, he really challenged me. And then yet at the, at the end of the day, I rode my very best on my very biggest day. And um, it changed my life, really did. The horse has changed my life. Um, wh- why though? Why, why do you say that? Because did he instill confidence in you? Did you make you realize that you could do something that you never thought you could? He made me realize I could do something that I never thought I could and to be willing to try it. And yeah. he instills a lot of confidence. At the same time, he takes it away. Um, he has some signature moves and uh, you don't always know when he's going to try them. And he does periodically like to stand on his hind legs. It's funny. Um, I fox hunt with Forrest Boyce, and she said to me more than once that if I had seen him getting to the gate on his, in his first race, that I would never get anywhere near him. I guess he dropped the jockey twice going to the post for his first, his first start. So he has a little bit of that in him. He's very athletic, and um, he sometimes uses it to suit himself as opposed to suit me. Um, so he does put periodic challenges. And when the makeover was postponed from 20 to 21, that did not work in my favor because when we would have gotten there in 2020, um, I had taken a horse that was nine when he came off the track. So in 2020, I was taking a 10-year-old mm-hmm. and a lot of other people would have been taking three, four, and five-year-olds and I had not come off of him yet. By the time we got around to 2021, um, everybody's horse had another year of training and I had had a few tumbles. And so my confidence wasn't where it was for the 2020 makeover. Oh. And... Um, Everybody else had had a year to catch up. People that had babies weren't really riding babies anymore. So it didn't work in my favor, but I still wouldn't change it. I took that opportunity to do the virtual Real Rider Cup and to do, do a few other things that I probably would not have been able to do had we gone to the makeover. So, Do you feel like having a horse, uh, kind of his notoriety, has opened some new doors for you? Oh, definitely. So when I decided I wanted to do this, my big thing was I'm an amateur and I'm a little bit of a chicken. And how do I make other people like me understand that you too can ride a horse off the racetrack? So I had my other one who had already been, it was, he's on his third career. He was uh, a racehorse and then he was a dressage horse. And now he's really a fox hunter. I did the show hunters with him. And that made me realize that there is a thoroughbred for everybody. Every thoroughbred is not right for everybody. But if you decide you want to be part of the movement, you can find one. And... Uh, so I really knew that I, I wanted to do that, that I wanted to be a part of it, but that I wanted to have a voice. And I don't really have connections other than the connections that have sort of come along by coincidence or exposure or whatever. I never worked at the track. I don't have relatives at the track. I don't have that kind of connection. So my connection had to be that I'm just like you and that if I can do this, so can you. And now I have a ton of connections. I had... I went to the Mid-Atlantic Horse Rescue Thoroughbred Show last year, and a couple of days later, I got a friend request from somebody on Facebook, and 
she said, I was standing next to you watching your horse in the in hand class and I knew who you were, but I was afraid to say something. And I thought, you knew who I was? Like, how weird is that? And, you know, I'm just, I'm just you. But she's been following Riley's page uh, on his journey to the makeover and now post. And it's just been really cool because that's what I was looking for. I was looking to show that an amateur can do this and that more people should do it. And to have a voice of um, a voice so that other amateurs could potentially listen. And I will speak anywhere to anybody about um being able to do this. And so the fact that my horse was high profile, I was really able to capitalize on that because locally people knew where he knew who he was. And his family has a brewery pharmacy brewing on, which is on the farm. And they had a beer called talk show man. And I took the beer to the makeover. And Are so you we, bringing some, cause this is a slightly time sensitive podcast, but tomorrow is the real rider cup. And, myself and Penelope Miller are riding Talk Show Man. I just want to know, are we going to have some pharmacy brewing beer? We could have some pharmacy brewing beer, but unfortunately Talk Show Man is not on tap. Um, <laughs> by the time they had asked me if he could do it, um, it was too late to get it in the, you know, whatever they call the things they put him in. So Justin did try. Um, he was hoping to get it to get it in the, in the big pot things by last week, and uh, it didn't happen. So... There will not be any talk show man beer, unfortunately. Well, at the we Real can Rider cheers Cup. him anyway. We can cheers him anyway. There'll be plenty of other stuff, <laughs> but there will not be any talk show man. Um, there was, uh, we did have a six tone of talk show man at the makeover. And um, so that was fun. So we had some people stop by and say, I want to try his beer. And it's just, <laughs> okay. um, it, it's been, and I think it also makes uh, Mike Harrison really happy. Not only that he makes me so happy, but also the fact that his notoriety has gone on to do good things for more racehorses, potentially. Mm-hmm. What's it like living in the shadow of your horse? Because I have people um, come up to me and say, oh, you're riding talk show, man? <laughs> like, I, so he is beyond the Maryland circuit now. I mean, I almost feel like he's more oh, famous having been an OTTB than he was almost on the racetrack, if that makes, uh, if that's possible. I love that. That would have been that would have been my goal for him anyway. Yeah. And and I don't know when the podcast will air, but the race retired racehorse project people did nominate him for America's favorite off the track thoroughbred or retired racehorse. And so um, if you log on to America's Best Racing, you can also see where you can vote for Talk Show Man as America's favorite retired racehorse. Now is this going up until they have the makeover? So this is until September twenty eighth, and then if he's okay. in the finals. Um, he, we would vote again, okay. potentially. So, All right, so this is inspiration for me to get my button gear and get this podcast out there so everybody can vote for Talk Show Man. Everybody can vote for Talk Show Man. So then there'll be revotes again in November. And really what we win, I mean, aside from more recognition for the horse, which he deserves all day long, mm-hmm. we also win a donation uh, to the charity of my choice or Talk Show Man's choice, which <laughs> should seem obvious to everybody. Um, but it will definitely, you know, go towards uh, retired racehorses and, and the makeover. and. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just, I, I love living in the shadow of my horse and I, I wish I'd gotten him when he was a five-year-old, but Mike says, no way, he'd have still been racing. So. <laughs> well, too, now your background, had you grown up doing ponies, hunter jumpers, what, what led you to this point in your riding career? Um, when I was a kid, I took lessons with a hunter trainer, but my family didn't have the money to do the thing. Mm-hmm. So I went every week and I took my weekly lesson and my dad would stop and we would have 
fast food on the way home, whatever time I was finished, and I would freeze my toes off at my lesson and <laughs> jump all the things that the big people jumped on whatever 12-hand pony they'd put me on that time. And then sort of mid-high school, um, I just got involved in other activities and I stopped riding and I went back to it in my 20s, rode for some years, just really um, pleasure riding, mm-hmm. nothing to it. And I always knew that I wanted to horse show. So I had never horse showed. And when I was in my early 30s, I decided I was going to do it right. And I bought a really pretty uh, quarter horse and my first truck and trailer. And I found Perry Fitzpatrick. And I started horse showing with her. And I just had the best time. And I didn't have the best horse. I mean, I didn't take a trainer to look at him. But we just had fun. And the fact that I could go anywhere. And at that time... I also started doing hunter paces and paper chases and I would go cross country and I boarded at a barn where I wasn't in a show barn. So anytime I went to a horse show or a lesson, I would trailer to that and I got very independent and um, sort of, you know, was out of a place where somebody would say to me, you can't trail ride today. You have a horse show tomorrow. You need to practice or something to that effect. And I just sort of took control of my destiny and that horse taught me everything because I intentionally took him to a place where I had to learn it mm-hmm. in order to be able to do it. And then, um, as he got older and got a little, um, less able is when I got full back, which is the other off the track thoroughbred. And I came back to riding with Perry's daughter, Katie, because I'd gotten older and I wanted somebody that could get on and help when I had problems. So here I am, I still ride with the Fitzpatrick's and I try to, <laughs> I try to, um, get to at least one or two horse shows a month locally and probably two or three overnight shows a year. Hmm. Um, But I have actually gotten another student here and a couple other people interested in the off the track. And one of her students went to the makeover with us last year. And um, so it's branching. I mean, it's, it's doing what I wanted it to do, which is just getting more people involved and um, people wanting to, people wanting to do it and also see that the thoroughbreds can be competitive and all the shows have thoroughbred divisions now too, which is really magnificent because if you have one like I do, who probably isn't the warm bloodiest mover, um, he can still be competitive at an A show in the thoroughbred division and thoroughbreds have allowed me to show at Devon and I've shown at Harrisburg and I've showed at the Kentucky horse park and I never would have been able to do that without them. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you said you were a chicken. You're not a chicken. I'm a chicken. <laughs> you're not a chicken because to for somebody that didn't grow up you know, riding that that much and just doing ponies and stuff like that, to to take a thoroughbred off off the racetrack, it's a it's a big jump. I find that people kind of ease into it a bit more and I feel like you've you've dove head first and that is brave and that is commendable and I feel like uh, you, you should pat yourself on the back for that. Well, thank you. People say that a little <laughs> bit about fox hunting too, but to me, I have a horse that I trust, and so I just yeah, yeah I just I just follow along, <clears throat> follow along. But I don't know. It certainly ebbs and flows, and sometimes it takes a little bit of. That's everything with horses. Yeah. Let me tell you, that's the racetrack. That's that is everything um, when it comes to dealing with with thoroughbreds for sure. But um, so far, what has been your most fun day with Riley? Oh, shoot. There's so many of them. I I think really when I came out of the the most fun, the most rewarding, I don't know, it's hard to pick, but when I came out of the 
uh, group test in the Fox Hunters at the makeover. And I had had a wild flat ride. I mean, the horse bucked and hopped around and reared and spun the whole entire time we were flatting. And um, I there was a point in the middle where you couldn't see from the, from the side where you were watching because it was like a cross-country course where we were following hounds. And there was a big coop and... A lot of well-known riders in front of me couldn't get their horses over the coop. And I don't know if it was me being brave or if it was the stirrup cup that we'd had before the event talking. But I just sort of... after Wait, what's a stirrup cup? Hold, hold back. <laughs> so the stirrup cup is the, the few drops of pork that you have before you go fox hunting. <laughs> go. It's a tradition to have a... They call it a stirrup cup. And, and really what they do is they just pass out port, um, to which I had more than one sip of port. <laughs> And four of them had stops at this one weird white coop. And I just looked at him and I said, hang on, you guys, I got this. And, I, and, and it was like the voice was coming from somewhere else. <laughs> and sure enough, we went right around and over the coop he went. And then I finished the, the thing and I came out. And it's like I think the happiest I've ever been in my life. And then I, I came back and I had a whole lot of friends. I had a whole lot of support. A whole lot of people went down there with me to um, – to watch me ride, which was awesome. And I came out and somebody just said, let me take your horse. And I mean, I was being high-fived by everybody. I was crying. It was like, I was like, I did it. And I, and I think that's what I'm saying in the video. It's, oh my God, I did it. I did it. I did it. And then I started telling them all about the coop that nobody else would jump. <laughs> um, but it was, it was just so rewarding because on that day when I needed the confidence, I, although I drank some of it, I had it. <laughs> um, Liquid encouragement never hurt. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but he's, I mean, I've had a whole lot of fun with him. I mean, the, the cows thing was fun. And the fact that he was the one that was picked out, you know, when everybody horses were sort of, sort of, everybody else's horses were sort of afraid of cows, that they came back and they were like, Lenny, why don't you go in there and try and see if you can get cow number 82 out of that little pen filled with mud. And, you know, he just figures it out. You just show him which cow you want. And he's like, okay, I got this. And Was this at a fair? What was this? this- we went, we went to a dude ranch. Where? In Virginia, oh, okay. in Virginia, and they do these kind of riding weekends where you go out and you bring the cows in, and then you play with them for the weekend, and then you take them back out. Um, it was a little hokey, but it did exactly what I wanted it to do, and we had a blast. We had a really had a good time. I want to do that. I it was mean, so much like fun. I said, it's a, it's a little hokey, but yeah, yeah, to take your own horse down there and and do something that off the off the wall, considering what you usually do. Yeah. Um, and for me, I still really make cool. so many mistakes. Like, it's really hard to get... I go in for a hunter trip, and, and there's eight jumps, and it's really hard for me to get eight good ones. I'll get seven good ones, then the next trip, I'll get another seven good ones, but the one that I had that I messed up the last time, I'll fix. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I get as much joy out of coming out of a... and knowing that I did it. I mean, at the makeover, I actually had... I had a little trouble with one jump in both classes, but the jumps for two for two foot six were gigantic and full and it was a huge atmosphere and um I, I mean it was i could not have ridden it any better the horse the horse is a little shifty and so if you if you move a little bit he'll swap leads and i had that happen uh occasionally i still have it happen occasionally but um he, it was just i mean he's just a really really fun he's a fun horse to be around he likes people he likes you to rub his ears he likes attention he seems to know that he's like kind of big man on campus which he yeah. may not be in some barns, but, you know, when you go to Pimlico or Laurel, he is. And like I said, <laughs> he his notoriety is growing. And uh, hopefully, you know, tomorrow, obviously there's going to be tomorrow, as in the Real Rider Cup, um, this September 16th, in 
there's going to be a lot of thoroughbreds there, but he's definitely coming with the head of steam, I'd say, for sure. He's coming, and he's coming. His arch rival kind of is coming as well, the horse that he beat in his last Maryland Million Turf. Flash Phelps will be there. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, when, it really, when, when the chips were all, when the, when the chips were on the table, talk show man beat him. Um, and uh, I like to mess with Sabrina about that a little. <laughs> um, but uh, I should ask you the same question, Maggie. How does it feel that the horse that you're riding has more notoriety? I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I you don't want to let him down, do you? I know. That's, that's what I'm most nervous about. I'm not nervous about going in there. Like, I'm just nervous, like, I'm going to mess him up. Um, so, anyway, before I psych myself out, <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit. I, I always, at the end kind of, of the podcast, I do, like, some rapid-fire questions. Um, so, first we start with, what is Riley's favorite treat? Sweet potatoes. Really? Yeah. I don't think I've had sweet potatoes. I don't think he loves him a sweet, just a raw sweet potato. Loves sweet potatoes. A lot of people will cut them up into to their grain and stuff. And yeah, he'll eat them whole. Oh wow, <laughs> that's great! Uh, if you guys had a theme song, what would it be? Jeez. Um, <laughs> AA by Walker Hayes. That leads me into my next question, but if he was a if he was a human and you guys are out on the town for a drink, what would his drink of choice be? It would have to be bourbon. It would yeah. definitely be bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine would be too. Bourbon. He, he, he de- Tequila. Now that I know him, that's definitely his jam. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I would say. He wouldn't be drinking beer. No. He's yeah. He he likes something on the rocks or something. Um okay. What's his favorite thing to do? Um, I think his favorite thing to do, honestly, is to do well. Um, I haven't taken him to do anything yet that he doesn't seem to like to do. He does the obstacle courses and everything else that I've already mentioned. So I think he likes it. His favorite thing to do is have an adventure. Mm-hmm. He like gets that. off the trailer and he looks to see where he is. Like, what are we going to do today? He never gets off the trailer, um, high strung or worried or, um, with any anxiety in particular, he'll walk right up to things and walk right past things. And he just, I think he likes to go on an adventure. That's cool. Okay. So what's his least favorite thing to do? Stay home? (laughs) His least favorite thing to do is probably to work in the ring at home. He's, we do a lot, a lot of going places. And I think he's actually more anxious at home, which has caused me more anxiety at home. So a lot of times riding at home is harder than riding, um, riding someplace else although we do ride at home we trail ride at home and i certainly work him at home i generally don't push as hard as i do when i go to lessons around someplace else it's home is where you board him where i board yeah. and is it a big place like yeah it's trail? pretty big i mean we have yeah. we have a regulation dressage size indoor and two outdoors and then we have access to all of um green spring hunt country's trails so oh, wow. we have a great trail network and then we also have a lot of uh we have decent facilities you know, to be able to do whatever you want any time of year. And I trail ride all winter. I just shoe them appropriately and off we go. Yeah, I love that. Away you go. Um, what is the biggest or most valuable lesson that Riley has taught you? Oh, gosh, there's so many. Um, having to think of one on the fly, I think it would be have faith hmm. um, and, and to have some trust in your horse. And that will translate into him having trust in you and to just believe in him. Cause that's not always easy for 
Also, what are some tips for me tomorrow? What are some tips for you tomorrow? Hmm. I think the biggest tip is to do as little as you possibly can because he's got this. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You're not going to be showing him anything that he hasn't already jumped. And I think that, um, I forget, Katie used a word. She said he's been amateurized. (laughs) And so um, you need to ride him like an old lady amateur would be riding him. And I think he really does like when you stay very soft. Yeah. And um, worst case, if you don't see the distance, just grab mane and cluck. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do, honestly. (laughs) Lindy, thank you so much. He is such a rock star. And thank you for inspiring other people and putting the word out there and getting him and other off-track thoroughbreds the exposure that they deserve, that they can absolutely go out there and do anything. Well, I'm so happy to have you riding him tomorrow, and I'm glad he'll be represented. I didn't have the guts to enter this year, and I didn't have – the people to go to for fundraising. So I'm so glad to be able to be a part of it, even in a different way. And uh, you guys will be successful. Go Team Racing Media. That's it. Me and Penelope Miller were reunited after four-year hiatus. We were actually on the same team uh, back in 2018. <laughs> and I rode my own horse, which was a slight disaster, but that's okay. Well, Lindy, again, thank you so much for being on Off Track. Thank you. to Lindy Gutman for loaning me her time for this podcast as well as her horse. So two things since the podcast was recorded. Obviously, the Real Rider Cup didn't go quite as planned. Totally psyched myself up and Talk Show Man displayed the athleticism that he possesses uh, as I didn't quite make the second to last jump but still he was so much fun to ride and Lindy was such a good quote-unquote horse show mom in just being supportive and helping with talk show man so just a massive thank you to her and uh, a friendship that I will cherish from here on out and furthermore I didn't get my button gear and obviously this podcast is coming out in October but The Fans' Choice Awards, the voting will be open in November. So make sure you check out Talk Show Man Made It to the finalist stage. And if he's on there, you better be voting for him. So as always, thank you to the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation for always supporting this podcast. And if you want to support them and help all horses that can't go on to second careers, make sure you check out trfinc.org slash off track today. Thanks.